0: So today, for the first David Watson podcast of 2021, I spoke to Harvey. Now, Harvey is a 21 year old strong man, and he's learning his trade. He's doing his training, and but he incredibly knowledgeable, very smart guy. And we got into training mentality, a little bit about Eddie Hall and four, and they're falling out. And we talked naturally. We talked dogs, and all round. It was a really good podcast, and I really, really enjoyed it. There are a couple of interruptions, so you may hear things a couple of times, because I've had to chop and edit a few things because we dropped connection. Um, But it'll be all right. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as I did. And thank you, as always. Two, one. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the David Watson podcast.
1: Cheers. Thanks for having me.
0: No, no, you're very, very welcome. I'm glad you agreed to come on. So, And to just give some people some reference, I know you through Instagram, but I actually think I first connected with you on Facebook.
1: Uh, I'm not 100%, to be honest. No. I didn't realise over Facebook.
0: Yeah, because you post uh, in some of the groups occasionally.
1: Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in quite a few,
0: few yeah. groups. Yeah, I think, I think you so popped then, up on there. It's
1: quite a few strongman groups and then like a general health and fitness group, so i probably <laughs> done it.
0: Yeah, it was in uh, one of the general health and fitness groups, but I'm I'm not sure because I, I I lose track of how I find people. Do you know what I mean? Because I randomly. Yeah, it's to, do, to be fair. Yeah, I I'm mean, cross. Yeah, that, that that's it. And you know, with a podcast and stuff like that, it, it's, it, my job is to sort of like try and find people. But you know, but I've actually yeah. been chatting to you for about a year. Do you know what
1: I mean? Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah.
0: It's a year, isn't it? Now? It's got to be. Yeah, it has. It has got to be. It's got to be. And uh, one of my first questions, which is completely nothing to do with strongman, is you recently posted about a dog.
1: Yeah, yeah it's unfortunately <laughs> it's not mine, mate. Ah, pain to get one. I really want to get one, but with the the current how
0: things are going, I don't feel like. What happened? So. I'll I'll edit that somehow, but... So, yeah, I'll just ask the question at the end. So, I saw you with a dog, but it's not your dog, is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's not mine. Uh, I do really want to get one, and to be honest with you, I'm undecided on what I want to get. It's a sort of mix between wanting a Rottweiler, but also a Golden Retriever. Yeah. Because uh, I've, never, I've never had a dog before, but well, not for a long while anyway, so... I feel like it'd be pretty irresponsible of me to get a fairly hard-to-train dog. Um, However, Tibetan Mastiffs sort of, they're looking (laughs) quite good. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) They're extremely territorial and they're huge. (laughs) They are,
0: they are. Probably not a good idea as a first dog. (laughs) Do you know what? I've had dogs all my life. And I've had Rottweilers, I've had Dobermans, I've had Alsatians, Labradors, Collies. Um, I've currently got a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Every dog I've ever had is a rescue. It's always, I've never gone out looking for a dog. Like the one I've got, Molly, now, her owner went into hospital. I looked after her for a month. Um, He came back out. He had her back. Then sadly, he passed away. No one else wanted her. I was like, I'll take her. I love her to bits. She's amazing. Absolutely brilliant. And every dog we had from as long as I can remember, and I'm 46 now, has been yeah. someone else's dog; they couldn't look after anymore. And apart from the certain things that, yeah, maybe you should or shouldn't do, the key to them is just give them a give him the correct atten- attention.
1: Yeah, yeah. To, to, to I think I think that's um, I think that's fairly sort of obvious, but at the same time, I don't want to jump headfirst in and then realize, oh, this is a bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you find They're quite.
1: Dogs, as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, to their are past is like three grand.
0: But you so. find, and I'm generalizing and stereotyping, but you tend to yeah. find that any dog that has kind of is known for being territorial is also yeah. loyal, yeah, extremely. Yeah, yeah, so they will demand or require your absolute attention because they want yeah. to be with you. We, th- we had this collie, uh, a collie called Toby. Right. he he was like everybody was a sheep mate if you went somewhere he wanted to know what you were doing didn't, didn't matter what it yeah. was he was also the nastiest most ferocious dog i've ever seen go for people he he yeah. would put my the two rottweilers the doberman the alsatian they were the loudest barkers the most intimidating and the biggest things yeah. i never saw them actually go for anyone toby mm-hmm. if he thought you were I, I had a friend. We were bo- uh, watching the boxing. It was Joe Calzaghe against Jeff Lacey Years and years ago, it's how long it was. Him yeah. and I jumped up, celebrating, gave each other a big hug. Toby came across the room like his life depended on it and tried to take my friend out. <laughs> and, and I tell you, every other dog that's got a really bad reputation would barely look up from the sofa to see if I was in trouble or not. But, <laughs> but this this it
1: tends tends to be they're extremely obedient as well. It was it? Yeah. supposedly more aggressive, do you know what I mean? They tend to, um, if, you, if you can be the sort of dominating uh, yeah. person in charge, they'll do what you say. When you're sort of submissive to them, you can't control them. That's when yeah. it's an issue, do you know what I mean? It's just knowing how to deal with them. So that's, yeah, it is.
0: That's it, it is. It's, it's genuinely all education and understanding that mm. they're not people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've you've got to treat them like a dog as much as I do. Go all gooey with my my Staffordshire Molly, I still know that she's a dog,
1: and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, there's, there's
0: still rules in place based on you're a dog. Know, know where your place is.
1: know so, yeah. someone can get in a phone call. I'll ring it back later.
0: That's all right. So yeah, so no, I mean I, I you know my, my dogs are my life. Do you know what I mean? And it's uh, yeah, just yeah. I I seen you with that blue Staffie, and I thought that's a good looking dog.
1: That's it,
0: a really it, good
1: looking dog. Fantastic dog as well, fantastic. It's my brother's, my older brother's, uh, and he's he's got it, um, adopted it from another family, I think, yeah. because it was, I'm not entirely sure the reason behind it. There's a few sort of suspicions that it was a bit, um, not the reason they were making out. Um, yeah. Because it, it was quite a handful at first, apparently, uh, but now they've started taking him to a dog trainer and they both know what they're doing. He's sound, amazing.
0: Like yeah,
1: yeah. he'll will Tra- lick, lick you to death. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's not got a nasty bone in his body. And staffies are supposed to be quite aggressive.
0: You say that my my Molly because I work shift patterns. Right? Yeah. And I, when I've gone when I, um, when I go to work, I, I'll typically be out of the house by twenty past six. I will not be home before eight o'clock, ten past eight the next day. Uh, that night, yeah. sorry, right? Um, and I come home and we go through this routine where she just licks me for half an hour. And she's all over me. Then she'll jump down, shake a toy, then she's back up and she's all over me. If you put her in front of a hedgehog, it's dead. Right? Yeah. This morning, and I, and I don't know her history, so I, I always make sure she's on the lead if I see someone else. Right? Even though she's got good recall. Because what I've noticed is if a dog stands up for her, she's all in. Mm. And I'm like, you've got to be careful, love, because you're not the biggest staffy as it's going. You know? Yeah. yeah. If they ignore her, she doesn't even notice them. But if they yeah. just, if they growl or raise their hackles at her, she, it's, I'm, I, I can't explain it. She goes from the dog that licks me to death and goes crazy over my niece and nephew to, I'm so going to rip, rip your throat out. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, even I'm like, I ain't getting between you because I'm not sure you <laughs> wouldn't bite me. You know, but she's <laughs> the, the gentlest, nicest thing I've known. Like, I've never known such an affectionate dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> my brother's dogs. To be honest with you, he's not even like that. Um, I don't think he'd say boo to a goose type of thing. Yeah. Like, he, there's there's been multiple dogs. He's really sort of um, potentially overwhelming. He's just curious about everything. So if yeah. there's a, a dog, he'll go and sniff it and see what's up. But if they if they growl at him, he'll if anything be a bit intimidated by them. Yeah. But he's he's still a pup, uh, but he's he's quite a big pup at that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Be quite, um, quite easily misconstrued if he's going up to you, and you know what I
0: mean. Yeah, because this is the thing with Molly is, I like I said, I've had so many dogs over the years, you get to to know their personality. But I've never had a dog that has zero interest in other dogs. Just I don't care Mm. until they until they front her up, and then she has no respect for size. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like if ever there was a dog who had a little syndrome chip on their shoulder, it's her. (laughs) But um. And actually, sure. talking of size, I was going to ask you something because, in terms of actual people, you're a fucking unit, aren't you?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> You are,
0: because aren't you something like six foot seven or something?
1: Yeah, six foot seven, just over two meters, um, and a hundred and. I've actually lost weight in the past two weeks, but so I'm just under twenty two stone at the moment. Um, so that's around a hundred and forty kilos thereabouts um to be honest with you at the moment how i am now i'm expecting to be a lot bigger in the next couple of years um probably adding a 20 to 40 kilos so
0: well because this is the thing isn't it because it's like i mean I, I joke and just called you a fucking unit but in, in terms of strong you're still small at, not in height but in in, yeah. in size you're sure. still small
1: in everything i'm still i mean i'm i'm a twig in comparison to yeah. other lads age um that filled out, I've, I'm quite lean. I wouldn't consider myself lean because I know people that are actually lean. Um, yeah. But in the scheme of things, for strongman, um, not really. I'm, I'm not really that big. That's why I'm aiming to put on quite a fair bit of weight um, because all of my strong, all of my sort of strengths are moving events. Yeah. And that's obviously because I'm quite lean and and. Small, effectively, uh, in comparison to the other lads that have got a bit more about the frame, and they've just got a, a bigger centre of mass to to power from.
0: Because that's, I mean, that's a a really interesting point for for strongman, right? Is you are six foot seven, you're just hitting twenty two stone, but in terms yeah. of the competition that you're going into, you're small. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is just like you know the, the, these guys. I mean, I think you're you're probably at the upper end of height, aren't you? Because Eddie Hall, yeah, I don't
1: know anyone else that's taller than me. No,
0: no, because Eddie Hall, won at six foot three.
1: Yeah, well, he says he's claimed six foot three. To be honest with you, mate, this is something that I've oh, spoken right. to a people about. They definitely hype the numbers up with regards to height because four claims six nine, six ten. He's never been six nine, or he's the same height as me. I've stood yeah. next to. him. Right, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, so that that's not all true. Uh Eddie is, is apparently six two, which is still tall, do you know what I mean? Um but when you see how wide he is,
0: that's what I was doesn't look like tall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I've seen um sort of comparative pictures where you see him next to people and yeah. um and I saw Lennox Lewis once. And Lennox right. Lewis is he's, I think he was six he's yeah. six five. Yeah. But when you see how wide he is, you're like, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Forget the six five bit, you're just a treat. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, and the, exactly. And there's that famous picture of Eddie Hall on the Easy Jet plane. Have you seen it? Where he's oh, yeah, taking up two spots. Yeah, <laughs> and there's some guy next to him in the window seat who's like, ah. <laughs> and that's what it means So you can just tell. It's like it, it doesn't matter how tall he is, because he's just as big going across.
1: You know. Yeah, and, and he's, some people don't realise that as well with regards <laughs> to general, like everyday general life. Um, being this size, or even bigger, it's, it's such a ball ache.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Honestly. I can imagine. Everything,
1: um, like sleeping, sleeping's a ball ache because of how heavy I am. <laughs> Eating the amount I eat, I'm on seven thousand calories a day at the moment, and that that's not cheap, especially when it's decent no. food. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but but that's, um, I mean, it, it's it's probably sorry to cut you off. It, it's yeah, it was, you you are actually moving into a competition area. Where calorie consumption is important. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, absolutely. And I don't think people understand how hard it is to consume quality calories. No, they don't.
1: I I honestly, if somebody could stick to my diet for a week, I'd be I'd be very impressed. Very impressed. Like there's not many people even I mean, people around my weight normally, they're on about five thousand, six thousand at a push calories. Um and I'm I'm maintaining or when I'm training, I'm maintaining at seven thousand. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. not it's not proportional to the majority of people. But that's thanks to my new coach. Well, new coach, I've been with him for about six months now, uh, Yoris and Um before I went with him I was on just over four thousand calories, um, in a slight deficit. And then he bumped me up to six thousand calories and I, I started to lose weight quicker, which I'm not 100% <laughs> on nutrition, Mabel. That, that doesn't make sense, but it uh, does.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because to give you some reference, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much uh, a carnival, so I pretty much just live off steaks. Um, yeah. Up until last year, about three, four months ago, I got a really bad cold. And luckily for me, I'm a I'm health worker, so I just COVID tested. It's part of my weekly routine. Negative. But for a period of about three months, I couldn't touch a steak, couldn't go near it, and I was all out at sea. I I couldn't. I didn't know what the fuck to eat, um, Mm. because it's just like I've lived off steaks and eggs and bacon for the last three years, and I'm not that as lean as people might think I am. In fact, at the moment, at the moment I'm probably would be classed as overweight. Right, I just somebody that carries fat. Did you do what I mean? I'm, yeah. not so, I'm not somebody that's naturally lean. I'm five foot seven, five foot eight on a good day. And i probably walk around at the moment at about 14 and a half, 15 stone. You know what I mean? And even yeah, at yeah. my, about 18 months ago when I had a six pack, I was still struggling to get below 14 stone. Do you know what I mean? Fair play. I mean,
1: that's still a, a decent weight though, to be fair. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh...
0: But I'm not, I'm not skinny. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah Exactly. You know. So, uh, but with regards to what you said about the naturally uh, lean, that's that's a, a bit, a bit I'm... controversial from my point of view. The whole people that are naturally lean, naturally overweight, naturally athletic. I've been I've been the person that's been naturally overweight and naturally lean, and there is no, in my opinion, I know genetics will play a part, but yeah. for me, it's lifestyle. And oh. anyone can change the lifestyle, do you know what I mean? If if you're if you're willing to get up every day and go for three walks a day and cover, let's say, I don't know, seven miles a day on your walks, you're going to be that naturally lean person, do you know what I mean? Regardless One, of what you do.
0: 100%. Do you know I, mean? I mean, you know, because you and I follow each other on Instagram, so we know, you know I get up every morning when I'm not working yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm training, right? Yeah, at the, exactly. At the moment, I... I've never figured it out, and I'm going to say this is genetics. I'm always at my leanest when I do lots yeah. of cardio. When yeah. I do lots of weightlifting, I never seem to lose it the same. If I do yeah. not, but when I say lots of cardio, I used to be a big boxing fan, so I used to spend a lot of time in boxing gyms. I mean, like two hours of like burpees, press ups, bur- which yeah, is hardcore, pro- yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's probably just sheer calorie burning, which you can't do the same. With weights for the same amount of time, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying weights can't push the same calories. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not arguing. I know that weights is a is a much bigger calorie burn, but you can for cardio train for four hours. Right.
1: So what I'd say. Uh, Does that make is, sense? Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That makes complete sense. Um, but it it depends how you're training with weights. So you yeah. might be going heavy um, and not not doing a lot of volume, but going heavier to sort of counteract that. Or you could, um, like off-season sort of route and get a lot of volume in, which is sort of closer to the cardio, the amount of calories that you're going to be consuming. But I think the main thing uh, with regards to actually doing cardio is the impact that it has on your cardiovascular health, but also your appetite and everything else. Do you know what I mean? Because training just just solely training for me it doesn't have as much of an impact right so um let's say during this lockdown if i didn't touch a single weight but i was on it as far as cardio goes so going for walks three times a day i know you're not supposed to but you know, they're not going to stop me going on my walks. Professional <laughs>
0: athletes, professional athletes, well, they get, they exactly, get harsh.
1: Exactly, sponsored athletes. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can,
0: you can take the, uh, you can take the dibs of the people who still haven't got off their ass. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, if I spent the next six months—I mean, I, I hope it's not that long—but the next six months nailing cardio and not touching a single weight, I'd be in a, a massively better position. To then go back into training, and my progression would still skyrocket. Yeah. Because I've been focusing on other things that need to be nailed for me to pro- for me to progress. Whereas if I nailed training for the next six months and I just abused my cardio, I'd probably go backwards. Yeah. Because I'm just not recovering adequately. My cardiovascular health's going down. My appetite is probably going to go down as well. So I'm not be I'm not able to consume as many calories. It's just a knock on effect of. Issues and problems. And that's why. That's mainly one of the reasons why I just put that thing on my Instagram story. Saying get your steppy steps in. Because the people that say cardio kills your gains. Honestly I could slap them. Yeah, It, I, it irritates irritate so much.
0: I've got very. You know like. My, my fitness regime is based around the fact. I'm 46. So for yeah. me it's purely. I don't want to be like some of my old schoolmates. Who are just disgraces. To the human race <laughs> and yeah, that, that's yeah. me putting it politely is um do you know what i mean because there's no ex- age isn't an excuse do you know what i mean it yeah, is you know absolutely I, you know um it's purely because one i have a garden set up now so i there is some limitations to, and you and i've discussed this in messenger um there are yeah. some limitations to what i can do just because of levels of equipment and yeah. and how motivated i am when it's pissing down with rain and i'm wet Right, at yeah. half past six in the morning. Um, but it's actually because my goal is to just always remain healthy enough to train every day or to train as yeah. frequently as I can, as opposed to I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I'm not trying to be a strong man. I'm not trying yeah. to be a, a marathon runner. So sort of I, use it use it or you lose type of mentality. Yeah. So, so I, I get to kind of, in a sense, it's a catch 22. Because on one hand, I don't have to have a rigid regime. I get to focus yeah. on just going out there and doing what my mood takes me. On the other hand, yeah. I don't have a focus to motivate a direction to have a goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that will come back because I will slowly over the next few years just keep expanding the gym. To and eventually, yeah, yeah. I'll probably move indoors somewhere. I'll just commit to buying something and, and going indoors. Yeah. You
1: know I mean? I'm sort of trying to set my own gym up in my garage at the moment. Yeah. Um, I've just got a, a new barbell and i've got a log and i'm potentially going to be renting out some plates and hopefully getting a squat rack made over the next coming weeks um so all in all i'm, I'm hoping over the next nine months to have it nailed and have yeah. a fully you know, like mats and everything in there so i, I don't need to travel like i of two hours every training day because that's that's how far i'm traveling at the moment which is a bit of a a bit of a pain in the arse, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, No, no, that is so, isn't it? It is. And also, because, yeah. I mean, the, the thing about these lockdowns is it stops it. And I, I don't... <clears throat> One of the things about this lockdown, when even when it's all over and we've all been vaccinated or whatever's required, is yeah. um, how many gyms are going to come out of it alive? Even if they've survived, they're, they're just going to be, like, loss of membership, loss of... Yeah. Bills that still had to be paid while they were in lockdown. It's just like how many of them just got. I can't. I can't keep it afloat, you know. And and that is the reason why I committed to having a gym very early on in the garden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like I, I. I didn't see a long-term savior for a lot of the gyms out there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of sad, uh, but that's that's the reality for not just gyms for pretty much every business. Mm. Um, I mean. I'll be honest with you. Me starting to coach uh, during all of this, I've I've managed to adapt and overcome all of this these sort of problems because well, yeah, you, you have to, don't you? Yeah. Really? Uh, but coaching isn't exactly sort of it's not a prime time for coaching either at the moment. Um, if you do it the conventional way of coaching people that train at a gym, because there is no gyms, do you know what I mean? So yeah. you've got to sort of adapt and improvise um, your your product and how how to benefit, how to still benefit people during this time when you've not got access to free weights or things like that. So it's just about adapting to the the situation, which you've got to do, do you know what I mean? So, it is, things.
0: it is. I mean, like I said, you know, look, I mean, there was a picture of you posted up a thing uh, in the last lockdown, I think, and you were yeah. doing squats in a garage, weren't you? you know I mean? yeah. In a, yeah. a makeshift sure yeah. squat rack. And, uh, you know, it's... I'm an advocate for people who will either find their reasons or their excuses. There's never in yeah. between. And If you want Absolutely. it, you're just going to find a way to do it. You know? And like I said, Absolutely. I'd come from gyms where I was always on weights to the first lockdown and there'd be frost in the garden and I'd be doing burpees. Cause it was yeah. all I, I didn't add. It. I had body weight only. And I just like, I, I'm not going to lose my fitness. Do you know what I mean? It is. Just Absolutely.
1: I think um, you touched on this earlier as well about motivation um it's another thing that like sort of a bone of contention type type of thing uh i'm not a big fan
0: of motivation i think motivation is the biggest bullshit going yeah oh thank god you said (laughs) Ah, when i hear people say i'm not motivated i really honestly there's this old saying that the problem with today's society is we can't drink from the skulls of our enemies and when i hear people talk about motivation i do think i I'd, i'd love to just shoot you because it's got, <laughs> fucking, if anybody thinks I'm motivated to get off my ass and use my gym at half past five every oh, morning, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're yeah I, 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 the, I always feel motivated about two hours before I'm going to bed. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to hit that like I'm Rocky. <laughs> that,
1: you wake up and you're like, oh
0: God. <laughs> yeah, I wake up and all my get up and go got up and gone. Do you know, what I mean? it just yeah. it just wasn't there. It, it's it's yeah. discipline. It's discipline every single time.
1: It, yeah, absolutely. But not only, um, I, I feel like it's it's all well and good saying discipline, and um, a lot of people have got good discipline. But there's other things surrounding that, like routine. People completely neglect how important routine is. If you if you nail something for a week, I mean, a week is. A, a pretty easy amount of time to stick to something for. You will find it monumentally easier to do from then on if yeah. you've been sticking to it rigidly for a week. And that is that's as simple as it gets. You know what I mean? But people think, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll do it today because motivation's high and yeah, it's the start of a new great thing. And then tomorrow they'll be like, oh yeah, won't get it done anyway. And then day after now can't be asked today. I'll do it tomorrow yeah. instead. I- um, and. To- yeah, for me, like coaching clients and stuff, I'd I'd rather them nail it for a week or two, and then sort of make them keep in the mindset. If you do something once, so if you miss a day once, that's all right. But if you miss a day twice, that's the start of a new habit. Yeah. So it's absolutely can't do that. But just make sure you get the first week or two in place and you nail them, because otherwise you're not giving yourself a, a good base to start from.
0: I think as well, one of the key things that people have to identify, and it's different for everybody, is, is what's your procrastination weakness? So, yeah. so, mine is that I'll sit there and I'll be on my phone, I'll have another cup of tea, I'll walk, so I'll gap at five, I walk the dog. Yeah. And then at that point, I'm either going to work or I'm going to train. So, yeah. if I, and that's actually how I got my gym routine in place about five years ago. I realised I couldn't go in the lunchtimes, the afternoons and stuff like that. So what I did is I carried on getting up the same time I would every day if I was going to work. And it, yeah. and basically, I'm then just exactly the same routine. But, what, but instead of getting work clothes on, I just got my gym clothes on. And then at the bottom of the road, I turned left instead of turning right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's all I... That is actually my only commitment is to turn up. And you, you see it in my Instagram stories. Quite often, I'll tell you... I, I started training after half an hour. I, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it today. Yeah. After half an hour, it was about 40 minutes, I was nearly sick. I started feeling queasy and I was just like, what I doing? I turned up.
1: Today. Today's not the day, but yeah. you've started, you've grooved the pattern. Yeah, yeah. I mean? I've turned you're... up. I
0: did about 200 reps of jumping lunges, burpees and stuff like that. I turned up and then my body was just like, no, we're not in the mood for this.
1: Yeah. That's that's the main part though, the fact that you've got there and, yeah. and start. You know what I mean? As opposed to just binning it off because you can't be asked.
0: No, and that's what people have to figure out is, you know. So my press procrastination is turning up. So mm. I, I I I identified that and, and adapted my routine that I turned up. Some people have yeah. no problem turning up, but have to start talking to everybody. It's associated, yeah. to do it. and you've got to figure out what your like. What I like, I said that your procrastination is that stops you. Yeah, what you
1: do to avoid it.
0: Yeah but kid yourself that you're not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 Yeah. absolutely. Um, For for me personally, I've never really had that issue with training. Um, Just, just because I'm a bit of a, I'm I'm a bit obsessive about training. I like, I like just everything about it. Uh, And, I very rarely have off days on training. And if I do have an off day on training, it's because of something else. So I've yeah. not slept properly. I've not had my meals have been shit or something along those lines. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not, I don't really understand or I can't really get my head around people saying, Oh, yeah, I just, I just had an off day today. In my head, I'm thinking, You didn't have an off day today. You had a curry last night and then you had shits after your curry and now your body's saying fuck you you're not training this morning yeah Do you know how, that type of thing
0: but uh, there is something interesting because you said this about 15 no well near the start of the conversation is yeah. cuz you're 21 and you're already thinking about how you're going to have to bulk up by 20 to 25 kilos for when you're about 25 26 yeah so your mindset is already kind of like half a decade away
1: yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean well? I, that, yeah, <laughs> that's that's where it's all about, though, isn't it? This yeah. whole the whole training game. It's it's it's, it's a long, yeah. it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is uh, as saying goes, and, and a lot of people realise that.
0: But that's actually going to be one of the advantages because of the amount of people that are still doing strongman when they're thirty compared to how yeah. many of you you know I, I see the banter amongst you guys on Instagram, you know, yeah, and, But how many of them are still going to be competing in nine years?
1: Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. As yeah,
0: disciplined that's, that's... and as structured.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's... it's. I, I've, I've been saying this to quite a few people. The two things... If you can have these two things in, in terms of any sort of facet of life, you'll be successful. And that's the ability to have delayed gratification and the ability to be disciplined. And if you can do those two things, you're unstoppable. 100 if, yeah. if you If you want to go to the moon... And you've got both of those things. You'll go to the noon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent. Um Obviously, unless you get hit by a bus or
0: something. But <laughs> but that, you know. But that. But actually, that becomes <laughs> another level of procrastination. What if?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good yeah. point.
0: You know, <laughs> but it, it is. I mean, I I didn't think that. I have a, a, a therapist called Caroline Cavanaugh, and one of the things yeah. we were talking about uh, at the beginning of, I think it was last year. It's one of the reasons I started the podcast is because wow. we were doing this therapy session and she was just like, how many boxes do you have to tick before everything's in place, before you'll do something? She goes, why can't you just have a what the fuck box? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Why can't I? Why, yeah. why do I have to have it all figured out beforehand? And, that, and then that was just like, right, you've been wanting to do a podcast for three years. You keep coming up with an excuse not to, because this isn't yeah. it. You don't have guests lined up. You don't have this and you don't know. No, fuck it. Just what the fuck? Just start one. You're-
1: as you said, you'll soon find the excuse, excuses or... Every well, time. Excuse
0: yeah, and and going back to that thing about just sticking with it, um, I, I, you might actually be far too young to remember him. that there was uh, an Olympic sprinter called Limpid Christie who won gold uh, in right. the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, I think it was. And yeah. one of the things is <clears throat> he didn't win it until he was well into his 30s. Right? right. But I remember an interview with him and he talked about how he was not the fastest kid at school, by any stretch of the imagination. He always came like fourth or fifth. But when school came to an end, he carried on training. When, and all his friends were going to parties, getting jobs, going to parties, meeting girls, learning to drink and all of that. He carried on training as if he was an athlete. And mm-hmm. then by the time he got into his twenties, he was actually doing all right. And then he became, you know, the fastest, fastest guy in Great Britain, the European champion. But he was never the fastest to begin with. But he was the only one that stuck with it, and he eventually yeah. went on to win the Olympic medal.
1: Absolutely, and that that for me is sort of testament to anyone. Anyone can achieve achieve a an elite level in anything, in my opinion, anyway. No, I agree. Might, in in thinking that because a lot of people seem to just put this limiting belief on them saying, oh, they've not got good enough genetics or whatever. They they can't do it for whatever reason. And to me, I mean, as I say, I might be naive and young in thinking this and having this sort of mindset, but where I am right now, I just think they're excuses. Um, Whether you're doing it consciously or not, you you could if you wanted to. If somebody had a gun to your head saying you do this or I'm going to shoot you, you you do it. You know what I mean? You you do it. If somebody if if somebody said to you, you've got to get to Masters World's Strongest Man, and and if you don't, I'll kill you. You you're going to get there. Do you know what I mean? Or you're
0: going to die. <laughs> I 100 percent agree. If there was a category for over 50s, my height sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Keep it keeping it. Re- and I sat down and said, right, I'm, 40, I'm 46 now. My goal is to hit that in sort of four years, qualify for the over fifties five or eight strongest man competition. If I'm if I'm prepared to do it, get the best coaches, do all the right things, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that's going to stop me. Absolutely nothing. And anyone that says otherwise is talking shit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't
0: agree more. It is it's solely down to your desire to do it, but the only <clears throat> kind of caveat I put to that is most of us are not obsessive enough to want to push, to train, yeah. to train that extra little bit harder. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you. F- Hold on a second, mate! Just had my mummy delivery come. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry about that. Just had my, my eggs and fillet mince. That's right. Me and Co, my sponsors. Well, I was going, <laughs> going to say
0: actually, So we do need to do, we do need to do that actually. So let's get that in now. Who are your sponsors? Uh, so
1: I've only got one um, at the moment. Um, I'm I'm in the talks with two others, but I'm not name names until anything's been confirmed. Um, Me and Co, uh, they they're going nationwide in a couple of weeks. They are, basically, they're, they're better quality and cheaper than anywhere else. Um, and they deliver to your door, obviously, nationwide. Um, muscle Foods is the only sort of... Competition, sponsor. yeah. Um, not a patch. But I, I, I know I'm, I'm obviously sponsored by them, so you could say I'm paid to say this or whatever, but genuinely, I'm not. I was ordering from them two years before they even offered to sponsor me. Yeah. So, one of them sort of uh,
0: situations it's, it's not like that no i mean i use my lo- uh, local butcher over muscle foods because he's he's cheaper yeah and and absolutely. i and I've, i looked into muscle foods and i'm not saying they're not a good product or anything like that but i found a more economical way to get good quality beef
1: well i mean if if the definition of a, a good product is being the best out there then muscle foods aren't <laughs> they, they aren't a good product but, you know, meat and co is taking over now,
0: mate. <laughs> yeah, But, you know, it is. So there's meat and co. So they that, that that's who you get all your meat from.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, two to three kilograms of fillet steak every week, and thirty-five eggs. Thirty-five. Eggs. So
0: oh, yeah. Going back to actually, because we we kind of keep digressing off loads of things, and and I'm, <laughs> and I'm very guilty of this. <clears throat> yeah. what, like what is yeah? What is your daily intake? We talked about the calories, but what does that look like in in, in actual meals?
1: Right. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. Since since Christmas Eve, my my diet's been shocking. Um, some days I've been really good. Some days I've just there's been no plan whatsoever. Um, when but, when, when but Harvey he... Coombs
0: strongman athletes on his game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So so basically. When when it's when it's nailed, um, I'll have in the morning my my eggs, sausage, and spinach with bread. So that's five eggs, two sausages, and hundred grams of spinach. Uh, then after that, twenty minutes after that, I'll have a liter of water with two hundred and fifty milliliters of pomegranate juice. Um, then my my next three meals are basically exactly the same. Um, it's just 250 grams of mints, uh, 300 grams of rice and 50 grams of broccoli or a full red pepper. Uh, and I'll have that three times. And then before uh, before training, I'll have four muffins with half a litre of soya milk. Um, after training, I'll have a half a litre of soya milk with a protein shake or protein powder uh, where I isolate. And then before I go to bed, I'll have another half a litre of um, soya milk with casein whey yep. um, with 250 grams of blueberries. Oh, and that's another thing. After after training, I forgot this one. After training, I have um, two protein bars with that. So, yeah.
0: And that's seven days a week, is it?
1: That's seven days a week, yeah. Everything's <clears> the <throat> same every day. It just makes it easier for planning.
0: But also as well, so I don't think people... I think people don't understand that, that actually when you start going down this path is you um your meals become no, I'm eating the same thing every day. Yeah. 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 And people are yeah, like it's... Do you get bored? Go. On. Eh. It's, it's... Yeah, no not, not not really. If you're
1: nailing everything, um don't get me wrong, sometimes it does get to the stage where you feel like you're force feeding yourself. Um but it, if you're nailing everything as far as, so basically when I get to that stage, I know something's not going right. Uh, Whether it's the stress that I'm going under with training. uh, That's the main reason why I've got a coach that's qualified in nutrition because he'll be able to point out certain things that I won't know about. Uh, For example, during the phase that I was doing when gyms were open, it's an isometric phase. So the intensity is quite high. um, And when the intensity is quite high, you're, um, which is it. I think it's your sympathetic pass- pathway is more prevalent. So your cortisol's higher and your appetite lower, long and short of it. So you're not as hungry. Yeah. Uh, whereas in my off-season training, the, it, it's the other way around. So I find it quite easy to put on weight um, just because I'm always hungry. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I quite comfortably nail 7,000 calories without even buying an eyelid. Whereas at the moment and for the past, two months it's been a bit of a bit of a task nailing everything like being consistent with it day in day out um and when i say being consistent with it some days i won't just say no nah, fuck it can't be arsed i'll just miss a meal yeah uh, and i'll probably average out about two meals missed a week which in the grand scheme of things isn't that bad um and i'm sort of allowing for it because the minute that i start to go overboard and nailing it perfectly is, in my mind anyway, um, that's when I'll start to burn out and not give myself any allowances. Uh, then I'll just say, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore. Because that's, that's the thing. Um,
0: that... Yeah, so well, I was going to say, because that's probably a, a, an interesting thing for people to understand, that if you get into a point of overtraining, like you say with the, the isomexic uh, training, which is a higher intensity, is you start releasing cortisol and cortisol is the stress hormone in your body, which can be of benefit until it's been sort of drip fed into your body for too long. Yeah. Yeah, And then then that's when that fatigue that comes from overtraining kicks in. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So obviously when you've got more cortisol in your system, it's the um, fight or flight system. Uh, And the opposite to that is rest and digest. Now, when you're training at higher intensities, you you need that fire or flight to be able to perform maximally, which is what you're doing. But to recover from it, you need to be in that rest and digest um, mode as such. And Without that, it's you're just not going to be able to maintain the, the output that you're, that you're putting out, especially because it's sort of knock-on effect. You're not recovering from it. And then you, your appetite's lingering because it's not, it's not there because you're not resting enough and then yeah. because you're active, not there you're not eating enough and it's just like a, a knock on thing that all impacts performance so yeah
0: so what are your phases of training
1: um so to be honest with you I'm I'm not fully in control of what sort of phase of training I'm in uh, I've got a coach as yeah. previously Joris Scrivens um he does all of my programming and everything like that um the as i said the most recent one i've gone through is isometric and explosive um leading into a peaking phase but unfortunately all of this has happened so gonna have to put that on hold until i can um i can get back to it as normal and stick to plan again um but it, it completely depends on what sort of what sort of timeline I've got. So whether I'm competing in a couple of months, my training phase will be different to whether I'm competing in six months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It all depends where I'm at in relation to the competition.
0: Because, so, of course, at the moment, I don't suppose anyone knows if there are any competitions for this year. Uh,
1: not really. <clears throat> Apart from English, England's strongest man qualifier, um, I know that all of the... Um, what's the word? All of the applications for that have gone through, or the majority have anyway. And I think you've got like a week left to, to do one. Um, and you've got to do three lifts. I think it's a f- max farmer's walk for 20 metres, max deadlift. Um, it can be suited. And a max, five rep max on log, clean to overhead in a minute. Um, I was going to do it, but obviously with with the current... Situation, I can't really anymore. So I'm just going to be prepping for UK's Strongest Under 23 this year if it if it takes place, which I'm hoping
0: it will. So, so, what do you have to train for? Because I don't, and this is where my knowledge is limited to watching World's Strongest Man. Yeah. There, there's a huge difference between kind of how you guys train and then what some of these competitions are.
1: Yeah, so. um for me personally, I, I prefer, and this is the same with my own training and getting into uh, competitions for my, own, for, for my clients as well. I prefer, uh, rather than working on everything year round, I prefer on the prep leading into a competition than working on specific events because you know what's coming up in the competition and that gives you enough time. Yeah. Uh, if you prep for it in advance, that gives you enough time to build up that skill acquisition for the specific events. Uh, Now, some certain things I think it is beneficial to work on year-round, like log, for example, providing that everything else is nailed. Because, for example, if you don't have a good push press in terms of technique, then for me personally, I'd rather you uh, acquire that skill than go on to log press um, because I feel like it just comes beforehand. But that's my own own interpretation of it anyway. Um, So... As I say, just training, training standard, like, uh, squat bench, deadlift, overhead press, not really as much bench, uh, cause you don't need to bench in strongman, but mainly doing it for, um, what's the word structural balance to make sure that you're not doing everything vertical instead of, um, horizontal as well, pressing that is push pull, um, so, yeah, maintain maintain that year-round and then lean into prep phases, doing the events that are coming up in the competition.
0: So, yeah. Because is there much difference between, like, um, qualifying stages and then the actual finals? Because obviously everyone associates World's Strongest Man with Stones, picking up a car, pulling a lobby. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah um and then there's the um the crucifix yeah, yeah yeah and there's normally some sort of walk where your arms are out like that you hold holding up and you're walking around in a circle Do you know what I, mean? yeah, I don't know yeah, why i'm doing that because when this goes on a normal podcast it's, it's on audio only so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah carry for max distance or something along those, yeah. sort of, along those lines um i'll be honest with you mate um as much as I do like watching World's Strongest Man, this well, last year has been a bit of a non-event for me. Um, yeah. I've not kept up to date with it just because of the whole, how it's been ran. Um, you could only watch it at Christmas time, but the results were announced like three months before or, or more than that, which I thought was a bit stupid, to be honest, but whatever. Um, with regards to qualifying stages and finals, I'm not 100% to be honest yeah. with you because I'm, myself I've only done two strongman competitions and one um max deadlift competition. So I'm not really that well versed in terms of competitions and what the events are like as such.
0: But that's I mean that's probably gonna be one of the advantages of being twenty one as well. By the time well, you... Yeah but, but do you know yeah, what I mean? Because
1: I'll know I'll I'll be well versed in it.
0: Because but that's I mean like that's one of the advantages about the sport you're choosing because different sports have different peak times. You know, So, so if you're like a, a boxer, you're probably yeah. going to be at your peak, especially if you're – I'm going to go with super middleweight and below. You're going to be peaking around 25. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Um, possibly early, maybe 23, 24 for the exceptional ones. But most peak about 25, have a good three years – and then start to wane, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. normally a weight cutting problem. And if they then just move up that next level, they don't carry the power or something like that, or mm. or the chin that comes with hit, getting hit by that power. You know, yeah. if if you're a footballer, again, your peak will probably start just after your mid twenties, and you start yeah. to wane by the time you get to your 30, early thirties. All lifting events, powerlifting, strongman you you're not even expected to start hitting a peak phase until you hit 30. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it I think it depends sort of when you start uh cuz they say it takes 10 years of purposeful practice to yeah. to hit the peak. I think that goes with anything actually. Yeah. Um but for example Luke Richardson Luke Richardson's a brilliant example because he started training powerlifting when he was like 12 I think. Uh, and now he's a year older than me, um, and he well he's a he's a world's strongest man stage. So, yeah. Same with same with Alexei Novikov. That's just one world's strongest man. He's 24 or 25, I think. Jesus. He, he started training when he was extremely young, but I think it'll be interesting to see how much they progress from the age that they are that they are now to 30, because in comparison to someone like myself they've been they've, well, they've got years on me um yeah. I've been training for for 3 years now just over 3 years um or in fact now it is 3 years at the start of this month um so in comparison to me they've they've got like triple the amount of experience or more um so I sh- my rate of progression until I'm 30 should be a lot faster than theirs because obviously they're pulling world record numbers already or they're doing yeah. world record numbers so they're not expected to be achieving the same amount of progress
0: no so. because see because this is the funny thing we, we're in a very funny stage of kind of h- human evolution where science is kicking in now and getting rid of old old school thinking But yeah. then we're still there's kind of like a little loop where some of the old old school thinking is coming back in because we're like no they had it right yeah, <clears throat> but, but then some like popular bandwagon phase came in, and everyone stopped doing that, you know. Yeah. And but now, but now we're hitting this thing where we we understand nutrition, rest, bloods, and all of these different things. And it's like I wonder now. Could it used to be called in, in powerlifting circles? They used to call it old man strength. That, yeah. that, that there's just a thing about, and and I've I know this in myself. About every ten years, I just get slightly thicker. Do do you know what I mean? You know, I'm just, no matter how hard I trained, I would never be as slim as I once was. I'm just a broader guy now. And it's, and and that's where that kind of old man strength used to come, you know. And I wonder if actually that's um, something like um, that's going to be phased out and actually it's just going to be, no, 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 you can win, you know, or is he just a, a freak? Is he just a one off?
1: I, th- I think, I think for as I say, it depends when you start training, but yeah. uh, as you get older, old man strength definitely is a thing, it's just your adaptations to the stimulus around you. So, the people that you find that are strong when they're in uh, older age, it's because they've been training throughout their life, yeah, and they might yeah. have kept it up at a professional level. But you've got people like Nick Best that's 52 or something along the- that he's Both Nick Best, Stan Effordin, and other people like that, Mark Felix—they're both around. Well, they're all around fifty, and they're at world's strongest man level. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely not that age-related. Obviously, I know there's they've all got different situations and circumstances, but it's possible. Whatever the situation, in my opinion, anyway, as we talked
0: earlier, I'm uh, trying to remember who, because it was many, many years ago, I, I can't remember who the power lifter was that I was listening to in an interview, and it was him that would just referred to it as old man strength, and he literally just said that there's just a point where you've just been lifting for so many years that a younger guy can't compete with that. He said, yeah. do you know what I mean? He said, it's, it's just that simple. He said, if I've been lifting something for 10 years, 15 years, he said, you're, you're just not going to be competing with that until you've, you've lifted that many times, because he said, yeah, there's there's just a density or um, a muscle or psychology whatever is that there's just something about when you've got that many years under your belt you can't it's just the
1: adaptation of the nervous system yeah because you if you've been training for six months let's say your body isn't going to be used to shifting maximal amounts of weight as somebody that's 20 years older than you that's had 10 years of training as opposed to six months or even a year of training let's say a year of training against 10 years of training, there's no comparison. Do you know what I mean? That's why you've got people that are fit around 50s that are lifting still elite level, like top 100 people in the world, and they're, they're 50. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. It, I think all of it, the emphasis should be on how long you've been training, but um, it needs to be purposeful. I don't know whether you've read a book called Bounce. Uh, no. I not remember the author. But it's a fantastic read. Um, it it'll sort of sort of give you the the understanding and mindset of anything's possible when you put enough time and purposeful. Yeah. Pra- that's what it calls it, purposeful practice. Because you want to be doing something uh, and actually consciously thinking about it, not just you know going through the motions and getting it done type of mentality. It wants to be purposeful and have a have a meaning and a reason to it. And if you can do that over ten years, you're going to be at an elite tier, regardless. It's... Yeah,
0: that's similar to Malcolm Gladwell's Ten Thousand Hours.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, that's it. Takes a lot of uh, a lot of things from that book. Yeah,
0: yeah, in reference. Yeah, as uh, Malcolm Gladwell's outliers. Um, yeah, that's what outliers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does some amazing books. That guy. Mm. How he jumps from subject to subject, I have no idea. Because he, he, <laughs> if you if you want a book to read is he he wrote a book called What the Dog Saw. And it tells you everything from Chanel marketing to how Heinz Ketchups is so popular, right? And it just bounces from different topics to different topics. And, yeah, I've read a huge amount of his books because I just like the way that he he breaks down the world and deconstructs things. And it's like, Mm. ah, that's how shit happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but because sometimes we get wrapped up in the mystery of things. But look, you know, like Strongman, right? It's not one thing you know that there there is um I remember uh, listening to Dorian yates on the Joe rogan podcast and he, yeah. and he said like one of the he had two advantages over everyone else the first thing is in in what he was doing of male physique, he just actually had perfect legs arms body head symmetry before he'd ever yeah. lifted anything he was just the perfect yeah. proportion he yeah. said. The next thing that was really useful, he just had a really good mindset of how to to, to train. Like he said, I don't
1: know, sort well,
0: of thing. Yeah, he, he just said, my idea of training and someone else's idea of training, He just like, you just are not working hard enough.
1: Yeah, don't, it doesn't compare.
0: Yeah. And, doesn't. and that ability of his to take him like three or four levels of pain and, you know, like, like he said, when he did l- a leg day, that was his legs done for a week, but his leg yeah. day was only an hour. His, hour. his leg workout was an hour. But he just took it to another level. But he said, "He said I can't train those two things. Body symmetry I can't train. He said, and your mental attitude I can't train that. You can either do that or you can't."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think it's a bit different because the the style of training in uh, strength Very, sport. Yeah. Those, Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's like failure and a, as hard as you can possibly go. Whereas strongman, I feel like the emphasis on is on a, a different type of skill. Um, it's being able to mentally prepare yourself to give everything, everything in a split set a split second type of. That's the skill that you train, as opposed to being able to go the distance in a in a, a long amount of time.
0: But you've got to have the mentality and patience to be able to understand that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a mindset. I,
1: mean? I yeah. think that's what I say. I think if you wanted to get to an elite level, you could. You, yeah. you could get to an elite level. But it's going to be a, a shit tonne of graft. And it's going to be hard. But you could do it. Yeah.
0: No, I, I agree. But, you know, I, I love the, like, with uh, the Malcolm Gladwell stuff and probably the same as that bounce is, is mm. it's how... You take what you have naturally, those natural yeah. gifts, and then it's how you apply them. Now, if you just have a couple of things that fall into, so like you know, if we take you, right, in, in terms of size and potential mass, you genetically can be the world's strongest man. Absolutely. That's, that's something I've, I've
1: been about, actually. So I do take the piss out of genetics quite a lot, but I understand that my height, it is, you just can't control how tall you are or your proportions. No. I understand that. However, I think um, like lever length and different things like that, they don't have as big a role as people think they do. For example, if you've if you've got short arms, realistically, you're going to be a good presser yeah. and you're not as good at deadlift. However, Eddie Hall, relatively short arms. Yeah. He was probably, well, in my opinion, I think he's probably the best. Static presser ever so far. Um, And yet he held the world record deadlift for, for what was it, like four years? Yeah. So I
0: think... technically, he should still own it.
1: Well, (laughs) well, it depends. It depends how technical you want to get. Well... Thor's, Thor's record's more legitimate than his if we're going to go into
0: technicality. Oh, okay, because I heard the opposite because Eddie used a different bar and did it in competition standard.
1: Um, right, okay. So the, with regards to the bar used, it's exactly the same apart from the the, the bar because obviously Eddie's got his uh, world record bar and he keeps that as his own. Yeah. Uh, but the type of bar that was used was the same. Um um, the competition standards so if you actually go into it eddie eddie sort of um, organized the event where he did the 500 he was calling the shots um and he made all of the calls so he, he said I'll, I'll come out when I'm ready not yeah, yeah. you're gonna come out and do it whereas thor he was on a time schedule he couldn't he couldn't change it and tell them no, I'm going to do some I'm going to do me and when I want to come out and do it i'll do it um, so he was working to somebody else's time schedule. Not only that, when you're when you're training and you've not got a massive crowd around you screaming at you, knowing that yeah. millions are watching you, it's a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, Thor had millions of people watching him, but it was via online. And if you really want to go into it, Thor um, Thor had ESPN. He was on his ESPN pulling it, wasn't he? whereas Eddie wasn't, so it depends how you want to look at it So it depends
0: whose argument you're listening to then
1: Exactly, yeah, he had Thor's Thor's record he had all of the official referees there that did it at Eddie's Um, he had every single plate weighed out on the camera um, uh, what's the word with the officials
0: sort of
1: doing it all Um, so in my opinion, I think I think how easy Thor pulled it as well. There's no doubt in my mind. Thor is the stronger strongman, and yeah. is the stronger man ever, in my opinion, anyway. So,
0: but yeah, I mean that's but that's I mean is always the same for everybody, isn't it? Everybody, you, I mean, you can go back however far you want, right down to like you, know, your Jeff Capes and Bill Kazmys and and mm. all of those guys, and you know they'd get. Technically, would get annihilated today at World's Strongest Man. Yeah, it's crazy, insane. Yeah, and yet those those guys were just phenomenal athletes. You know. Well, to,
1: to think about it, like Bill Kazmaier, um, which I think this eighties uh, is ridiculous. He's, yeah. he was. He got banned just because he was it was boring watching strongman because you know he he knew he'd win. I think he yeah. got banned for like three years or something. He got denied yeah. from three from titles. Yeah. Nobody else in the history of sport has ever been banned for being too good at the sport. No. And, and, and to think in this day and age, you probably wouldn't even make it to World's Strongest Man.
0: No, same as, yeah. I think, that's the same. Is it Sven Sigmund? Was Sigmundson? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah. he won it like seven times or something in the like 80s and 90s and stuff. Yeah, you
1: know. ridiculous.
0: Yeah, but would he qualify by today?
1: Probably not. Yeah. That's it. You know. And but the... Twenty-four-year-old that performed better than him. How? How's yeah. that even possible?
0: Yeah, he's. Well, there, there is a there is a, actually a scientific because it's the bar, isn't it? is not it? I don't mean the, the weightlifting bar. Every time somebody sets the bar, you have a target. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And How high is the ceiling? And you don't know.
0: No, nobody knows. No. So, but it's always easy—not easy, but it's always when because this is the thing about goals and the goal setting. Mm. And I, I talk about this a lot in. COVID the blueprint is already there because somebody else has done it. You just have to copy that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like... Success leaves clues. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's that simple. You know, you have to turn up. You have to do the work. Mm. You know? But like you say, like... Oh.
1: like Something to add, uh, just for anyone listening, to sort of clarify that I'm not an Eddie hater. Um, I think the fact that Eddie pulled 500 in the time that he did because obviously the I think the world record at the time when he said that he was going to pull five hundred was four six five. It was yeah. his, his own record as well. And like if you if you're well versed in the sort of strongman world record scene, records are broken by no more than five kilos normally. Yeah, yeah. And to say, I'm going to put I'm, I'm going to put another twenty five kilos on it. Yeah, sorry, thirty-five kilos on it. I can't add uh, thirty-five kilos onto the world record at the time, and it's not like a nothing world record, like say <laughs> kind of say sci- no. sci- dumbbell or something like that. It was the deadlift world record. That's ridiculous.
0: No, I mean De- Eddie Hall did something that up until then many people would argue wasn't possible—a five hundred yeah, kilo deadlift. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and you know, and there's that argument then that actually four was just doing what I just said. If you can do it, so can I. Yeah, and and, and by ben Eddie's own admissions, he said, I remember seeing him in an interview, and he said, after he won two thousand and seventeen Strongman, he knew he couldn't do it again. Yeah, because, because he'd die if he did. Yeah, he just said it took too much out of him, mm. and, and once he had done it, that was enough. And he and it's the same with, he said um, in the same YouTube video that he was calling out for. With the, um, the 501 kilos. Um, he also said, "I never expected that record to stand forever." He said, yeah. some, "He said someone was always going to beat it." He said because I'd done it. Yeah, he was he was the Roger Bannister
1: of the deadlifter. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? mile, 500 kilo deadlift. He was the first one to break it. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I think in in respect to both Eddie and Thor, Eddie pushed his limits far more than Thor ever did. Because Eddie was on his deathbed, do you know. What I mean, whereas Thor, yeah. he pulled it, and then he was having an interview five minutes later. Whereas Eddie, for the next 24, 48 hours, was looking like he was he could die. Yeah. So.
0: Well, he actually, th- There were some serious kind of repercussions to that for a while, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and respect to him for that. That's dedication to the cause. Uh, I don't know whether I could do that, to be
0: honest. But we'll have to wait and see that that's yeah, but that's that um, the mentality we were talking about earlier. That, that Eddie Hall could do that yeah, you, know, yeah absolutely. you you can't train that that mindset of but but the thing is he
1: he was he was doing everything to train that mindset even down to getting hypnotized and things yeah. like that it's a, uh, i think i think he said he had to visualize his, his family being underneath a bus or something along those lines to try and pull it, pull the bar off yeah, I mean, so it's it's just how far you're willing to go. And obviously he was willing to go the distance.
0: Yeah, that, that that's, you know, winning World Strongman was everything for him. And Lucky he said, and once he'd done it, no, I'm good. I don't need to yeah. do it again.
1: Yeah. yeah. And respect to him for
0: it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and just with that, I didn't for one second think you were an Eddie hate, hater. Do you know what I mean? But then, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, but it is, it's interesting because it's the two sides of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think no. it just comes. It just comes if you, as soon as you back one up, expect to get haters. You know what I mean? So, yeah. just like
0: oh, <laughs> mate. It's it's funny because you see those one minute videos I do on Instagram all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on TikTok, I have a bigger following, right? Right. And I don't claim to be anything, but the amount of people, as I've got kind of more popular on TikTok, that come on and just disagree with me. And I just, and I don't even. I, initially, I'd, I'd reply back and say, "Yeah, whatever. Have a nice day." Now I just tell you, like, if your day exactly. is just based on, I think you're wrong about an experience that I've had that I'm talking to you about. Like, fill your boots, mate. Yeah, exactly.
1: But yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's the fact that they've gone out of the out of the way to comment and spend time on thinking of a response to the post. <laughs> it's like, thank you. Thank you for giving me engagement. <laughs> it's one of them. So yeah, because that. I'm not really bothered about it that much. Uh, no, because they probably... don't
0: think they understand. Is I don't care. The more comments I get, the more I get put forward <laughs> from people. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think a lot of these trolls and haters understand that. Is you know the only yeah. thing I don't do now is reply to them, is mm. because what happens is that they start trying to get a dialogue with you. And you're like, you yeah. Know, I don't think you understand me. I don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I I have, I have
1: a bit of fun with it. I'll be honest.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've had a few, a few DMs and people commenting on
1: my posts, and if I can think of something to respond, just because it's it's funny or whatever, or or to sort of nip it in the bud, I will do. Just have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, every single comment I've had, I've either not responded to, or the responses that I've given have ended up
0: making them look like a bit of a dickhead at the end of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. Uh, it, it is it's, it's funny though isn't it because um i think something that people don't understand and and look and it's clear from this conversation right i don't know a huge amount about strongman right and i know yeah. enough that i can have a conversation with you yeah but, yeah. but it's it's been a, a learning curve throughout right yeah and people don't understand that when you comment on something the guy on the other end knows whether you know what you're talking about or not oh
1: 100 absolutely (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) but the the thing is i'm
1: i'm very much of a sort of growth mindset and if somebody wants to call me out on something i'm more than up for listening and this is one of the reasons why i comment on like why i respond to comments and stuff because if i think they've got some sort of well anything about them they'll give a reason behind it and then i'll learn from it but past instance instances um, there's not been many where I've I've been able to take something from the conversation other than they're a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. Just because if I sort of if the roles were reversed, number one, I feel uncomfortable commenting on other people's posts, giving them advice, even though I'm paid to do that. So, so yeah. it's like for someone to go onto my post and try and grill me for something, or, or even even anything like that, if they're doing it publicly, it's sort of potentially an agenda in my mind anyway, because if it were up to me and I have, I have messaged or commented on a few people's, but it's always via DM because why, why wouldn't it be via DM? Because then it's sort of behind closed doors. Nobody's getting shamed, ridiculed and everyone benefits. So if anyone wants to comment, just, this is just a public service service announcement. If anyone (laughs) wants to comment on my, feel free. I just, probably will think you're a bit of a dick (laughs) so but it is um,
0: because it's just like unless somebody because what's your um i remember seeing you is it 160 kilo log press you were doing the other week uh no it wasn't
1: right so was that your
0: pb or something
1: when i when i next build up to my log because i've not actually peaked on any sort of pressing um since i competed last year and my pressing has gone up well all of my lifts have gone up yeah, fairly substantial since then. Uh, so I think based off the weights that I'm lifting at the moment and the RPE or rate of perceived exertion that I'm lifting them with, uh, I'd, I'd estimate my log one rep max at the moment to be about 155 to 160 kilos. That's what I'm aiming for which, anyway.
0: Which is more than I've ever squatted. <laughs> well, I And mean, that, that's what I remember. So I was looking at it and so it's like, <laughs> fuck up. I've never even squatted that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Need to get that mic, though.
0: <laughs> the the most I ever did because I've never trained for any form of strength. It was, um, yeah. I just I've never had a coach. I've never I had a very good stint in 2019. I was training with this girl, it was just all bodybuilding. Um, yeah, and I got into super shape. Um, and prior to that, I, I did a bit of sort of like heavy training, and the most I ever got to, um, was uh, 145 kilos for reps of five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, cool. yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It was, yeah, it was stronger than everyone else. That was stronger than everyone else. And some of them were big units. I was just like, should be embarrassed, guys. Do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I was the smallest guy in the group. Do you know what I mean? And, um, but I actually then was not paying attention to my actual body. And um, I managed to tear one of the uh, internal. External intercostal muscles in my ribs. And Oof. that put fucking, the worst thing I've ever done in my life. It's, uh, yeah. It was a group of muscles that compress the chest so you can breathe out.
1: Yes, yeah, so every time you breathe, it's painful, horrible. I've pulled one of them before, and it's not, not nice. No. <laughs> so but I, it's, not even, it's a lot worse.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I, I proper tore it to the point that when it went into spasm, it pressed my lungs, blew all the air out. And I was going through stages of like, after it's like, seriously, after a minute, pleading with my body to let me breathe in. Because it was just, yeah. just it was just seizing up because it was just in pain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just spasm, these spasms would happen and I'd push all the air out of my lungs. And I was just yeah. like, and I, I remember one day sitting there looking at my watch thinking, I'm gonna die. Just Here let you me, watch. yeah. It's like, please just let me breathe, you know. And that was doing that uh, the, the squats with 145 kilos. But that was to do with um, afterwards I learned that that was, to not, that was not compressing my lungs enough, not making sure that um, my left lung was activating the same as my right lung and all of that. So I was a bit cooped and, do you know what I mean, I hadn't done any proper prep and all of that. You know? I just not know yeah. what, I'll just go and chuck around some big boy weights without any preparation or proper warm-ups, you know. Yeah, you know,
1: never a good idea, never a good idea.
0: I haven't done it since. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah. you still learn from it. Um, One of the things that I've been fortunate with 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 my training, I started um, having my brother. I started from a very uh, from the very beginning having my brother sort of overseeing all of my training, and he was fairly savvy at at that point. Um, So any sort of minor issues that I was making, i.e. not warming up, I could get away with it at my age absolutely I could get away with it. But at the same time, warming up, it'll make you stronger for for your actual lifts if you're doing it properly anyway. Um, So it makes sense.
0: I I had fallen into the classic stereotype of, I thought the guys, because I didn't know enough, I assumed the guys that kept talking about how much they knew about strongman and shit did know what they were talking about. Yeah. I should have realised when they couldn't squat to their heels, they didn't know shit. But, yeah. It's just yeah, like, that you know. So, what is like long term, what would you like to be? Goal? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Um, like, like 100%. Like, you know, are you like, f- fuck, like, you know, within UKs and all that? Is it like, no, I want to be world's strongest man? Yeah, pretty
1: much. Um, uh, to be honest with you, the, the goal for me, I've not really. I'm not really that arsed about, obviously, if I won World's Strongest Man, it'd be amazing. But my my main focus throughout starting training has just been to get as strong as humanely possible. Um, and I know that'll happen by not rushing the process. Yeah. Uh, but in my mind, I'll, I'll be a bit disappointed if I don't at least make it to World's Strongest Man. I, I, well I'll be very disappointed if I don't um to be honest with you just because of the the way things are going um obviously I've only been training for the past three years uh and for the first effectively the first year I, w- I wasn't training properly um and uh for the last six months in fact or since I've got this new coach Yoris um i I've completely, again, changed how I look at training, nutrition, recovery, everything, because it's just it's just stepped up a level. Um, so, if I'd been doing that from the very beginning, God knows where I'd be now. Um, so, in in seven to ten years' time from now, having done ten years of this type of training, I can't see any reason why I wouldn't be at least at World's Strongest Man level, if I'm honest. Um, however, I'm I'm hoping to within the next three four years be at
0: that level anyway. So, watch out. Hey, I mate, I I'll be your I, you know I'll be your biggest fan. I'll tell you, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know you you get to World's Strongest Man. I'll be name dropping you to every fucker ever that's staffed <laughs> enough to listen. I, I know him, <laughs> right, you know. I did his first he podcast. podcast. Yeah. He <laughs> No, but it's I, I, you know, like like you said at the very, you know, you and I were talking very early on. If if you're not going to be, and I I say this to people all the time, right? It's if you're not going to be honest with yourself about what you want, don't don't ever expect the world to take you seriously if you won't take yourself seriously.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And I say this to everyone: is if if you want something, just fucking well take it seriously, because. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that is actually ever going to be the obstacle,
1: but the thing is, I think for a lot of people it's it's actually uh going for for what you want because a lot yeah. of people um i don't I don't know whether you realized or not, but earlier on last year well at the beginning of last year uh i was I was at uni doing English and linguistics um oh. and for no other reason than I was good at it. Yeah. When, I, when I first started at uni, I, I did enjoy doing it, but afterwards it was just sort of, uh, yeah, I'm good at it, but it's, it's a bit, bit boring now. I'm, I'm spending the majority of my time away from the uni researching about training and nutrition and recovery and all of that type of stuff, instead of researching about the degree that I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. later on after that, when lockdown happened, it sort of kicked me into gear and, and sort of made me take that jump and, and leap of faith into going into coaching. I was initially going to go into doing sports science, um, sport and exercise science at the uni to, to do my degree there. But I decided against that because after doing a bit more research and talking to people that I feel are in the now, um, i would come to the conclusion that I could learn all of the information relevant to coaching because that's what I want to do long-term. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um I could learn all of that through getting a mentor, and I've I've learned I've learned more stuff in the past six months than I had since I'd started training, just because I've got a good coach. Uh, and any questions that I've got, I can ask him. Any book recommendations, I can ask him, and he knows the best ones. Literally, any any question that I could possibly have, I can ask him, and I'll get I'll get a, a good answer.
0: So yeah. So. I'm getting conscious of the time, and yeah, before, before I let you go and just um, pre-prep you now, I'll have a quick chat with you afterwards as well, if that's right, is yeah, yeah. if somebody, so they're looking for an online coach, yeah, where do they find you?
1: So, um, Harvey Gombos on Instagram, just send me a message, um, and we can have a, have a dialogue about what your goals are. Um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm steering away from people that are wanting to go down like the the route of just slimming up a little bit or getting a little bit stronger. I want people that want to compete, ideally, or that take training seriously. I don't want people yeah. that half-ass it and okay. make excuses and well, all that.
0: I'll make that simple for everyone, right? If if you if you're if you just want to get lean and look good with a six-pack. Sort your diet shit out and do burpees, press-ups, and pull-ups. You'll be fine. Exactly. And alternate your burpees for jumping lunges. Okay? It's all good. And if you've got a bit of weights, shoulder presses are always good. Gives you good dimensions, good symmetry. So that, that is basically all you need to do, and do them until your ass is hanging out every day. Okay? And with, yeah, a, good, with a good diet, you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe if you've got room, chuck in a punch bag. Is, do you know what I mean then, yeah, then you'll I learn know, to God, yeah, well good. you'll learn to flex your lax a bit Flexion. and you look good on the beach <laughs> know.
1: yeah yeah definitely you know. uh, but anything anything regards strength hit me up and we can have a talk even if it's just talking through um, what you're doing at the moment and anything like that I find it interesting I enjoy talking about strength programming nutrition training all of that type of stuff so yeah feel free to send me a deal, rv.com on Instagram
0: we- And you also do a lot with recovery as well don't you the importance of recovery yeah
1: so basically anything that impacts your performance um with my coaching i i just cover all of those aspects because as i just said it it, everything um plays a part in how you perform and at the end of the day if you're just getting programming and you're not ticking like recovery and nutrition and all of those types of things um then you're losing out on potential gains
0: yeah (laughs) So, 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 like, setting aside that you and I have had several conversations um, over Instagram stuff, if I was to hit you up, what do you want to know about me?
1: Right. Um, so I've got a, an online questionnaire with regards to basically whether or not we'd match uh, because I don't really like taking on people that just don't click with me. Um, yeah. I've, I've already spoken to you quite a lot. And I'm I'm not 100% on your goals. Whether it's if you decided in the future to have goals other than use it or lose it type of mentality, then I know from having spoken to you already, we'd we'd work well. Yeah. But with the goals that you currently have, I'd not, I'd steer away from coaching someone like you because that's not where my passions lie. And if I'm not passionate about my, my training or my clients' training. I'm not going to be giving them everything. I'm going to be sort of half, half, half it. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. So I want to be passionate about the goals that you're setting as well as you. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: No, because I mean that's actually that's actually a really good point because my goals are based on again understanding what your procrastinations are. Right. Hmm. The gym's yeah. shutting down. Was a nightmare for me because I am a creature of routine and habit. Yeah, and I had to find a way to train. So initially, it was it was literally burpees, press ups, and all of that stuff, right? And I had a pull up bar, right? So it's fine. Then somebody gave me a a weight bench, and I was just like, "Hang on a second. I had a spare bit of room in the garden, and it was just like, "I'll just make a gym." And and basically, for the cost of a year's membership, I managed to build a gym. And but now. I've had lots of weights given to me I've had some bits of kit made up it's just like I as an individual cannot cope with is the gym open next week do I have to book a time slot what, what you know you only have an hour that it doesn't mentally work for me no absolutely not so I I made the decision to just build what I've got at home yeah and right yeah. how do I make this work with consistency and, mm. and and that's the thing, yeah. So if I was going to the gym, I probably would be hitting you up saying, "What's my program?" Because <laughs> they would yeah, have they would have what I needed to do what you could do. so yeah. yeah. Right. Even
1: even during lockdown uh, and all of that, to be fair, if you're uh, so, I, I recently put a post out about um, and we did actually speak about this earlier. Um, coaching specific to what you've got now, yeah. the benefit long term. Uh, when the gyms do reopen. Uh, I'm more than up for coaching people during lockdown, even if they've got limited equipment, providing that their goals, once the gyms reopen, are for them to get back at it and be yeah. dedicated and, and focused on a, on a set goal that's um, that, that quite a lot of people would see, say is unachievable. I like coaching people that have got goals that some people might think is not possible. One of those
0: type of things. So, yeah, yeah, because that's probably actually just before we finish. Is that's probably the most important thing in it. Turn up with a mindset, mm. yeah. and the, you'll put the rest in place for it. Just turn up yeah. with a mindset, and you'll take care of the rest. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Thank you very much, Brilliant. See you later. So there we are. My first podcast of twenty twenty one with Harvey Gombosch. Remember that name? You might see him in the World's Strongest Man circles at some point. And just again, if you want to catch Harvey, find him on Instagram at harvey.gombos, H-A-R-V-E-Y dot G-O-M-B-O-S and meetandco.uk. Meet and Co. U K. are the people who sponsor him and who are about to go nationwide for those of you that are interested. And for those of you that have enjoyed this podcast, Please like and subscribe on whatever platform you want. I really do appreciate all the support. Thank you very much.